a lot of it's just systems and then people like, like th- those are kind of the two, I mean, the two main things that I seem like I focus on. I, um, in, in fact, Gary was a coach of mine at one point and, uh, it, it, he actually coached me on delegation, which I actually thought I was a fairly decent delegator. And then after he started coaching me, I realized how horrible I was at delegating and I've gotten much better at delegation, but it's, uh, it's finding the right people and then having the right systems of reporting and, and getting back to me that, that I feel like is, is what drives it forward. Yeah. Well, I mean like, okay, so like the dental office is a perfect example. Like, like, I mean, I feel like my, my staff are very highly trained. Um, North, North Dakota here, not too long ago, actually did, uh, what, what's called restorative functions, which, uh, it, it allows de- dental assistants to place class one, class two and class five dental restorations. And, and so then I spent a ton of time kind of working with several of my ladies to, to get, they get them fully up to speed. But I mean, now it's, I mean, it's to the point where I walk in a room and I prep the tooth and then it, you know, it frees me up to go do something else, mm. my time. And that freeing me up to do something else might be responding to my hotel manager. That's going to question by email or whatever, you know what I mean? But I mean, it's, it's just getting the right systems in place. Welcome to another episode of Leading Prosperity, a podcast dedicated to CEO success and wealth. I'm your host, Gary Covert. We all know that being a CEO is enormously rewarding work, but it can be a challenge too. That's why I created Leading Prosperity. I wanted CEOs to benefit from the wisdom of other CEOs from a wide variety of industries, plus all the subject matter experts and professionals who serve the mid-market company space. My mission is to help CEOs of mid-market companies be better CEOs, increase the value of their companies, create more prosperity with their teams for their communities, and build generational wealth. Be sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode, and be sure to stick around until the end of the program for instructions on how you could be a future guest on the show. Now let's get after it. Welcome to another Wealthy Wednesday edition of the podcast. Today, we're talking to Dr. Casey Finnis. He's a very successful real estate investor who also runs a successful dental practice. He's a great example of someone who has organized his life so that he can operate a great business while also building a large real estate portfolio. I hope you find this episode informative and inspirational. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited today. I'm uh, here with uh, Dr. Casey Finnis. He is uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, entrepreneurial spirits. And what I like about Casey is that he has a very thriving dental practice, as well as a host of other entrepreneurial efforts, which I will uh, allow him to uh, elaborate on. But what I wanted to do with Casey, one of the key things with Casey is just highlight uh, how much you can get done. You know, if you get your your business life organized and get your systems in place, I mean, I'm really impressed by uh, all of what uh, Dr. Finesse has done and uh, looking forward to this conversation. So, Casey, before we really kind of do this deep dive, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, I'm a dentist by training, so I grew up in Minot, North Dakota, and then I, then I traveled down to the University of Minnesota where I did my undergrad and graduate training down there. Um, and then, well, this will, this will kind of get into some of this stuff later on, but while I'm training down there, I'm reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, 
and getting funny ideas, do you know what I mean, on what, on what some things are to come. And then eventually uh, I go to work for a practice in St. Cloud and then eventually buy my own practice here in Fargo, North Dakota. And, uh, and I run a, well, I don't know if I'd say it's a full-time dental practice anymore. I'm, I may be down to about three days a week that I'm in the office, but the balance of my week is spent uh, chasing all my real estate adventures. And uh, Gary was kind of alluding to a few of those, but I've got, I've got a couple of bit bigger apartment buildings that I do. And I, I own a bunch, well, I, I own a 90 unit by myself and a 52 by myself. And, and then I've recently started partnering with some bigger groups and we're, we're starting to take down even bigger apartment buildings. Like we've got a, a 217 unit apartment complex that we, we just recently bought in Dallas, Texas. And then we, we got a 144 unit apartment complex that we bought down there too. So, I, I mean, and, and then of course, uh, back, back here in Fargo, I guess, even my apartment buildings, I, I've actually got two hotels that I own too. And so it, it keeps me busy for sure. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Never a dull moment. So I guess my first point is how were you able to get it to the point that uh, you could do this wide variety of things at the same time and keep your marbles? Um, well, keeping my marbles might be debatable, but uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, a lot of it's just systems and then people like, like th those are kind of the two. I mean, the two main things that I seem like I focus on at, um, in, in fact, Gary was a coach of mine at one point and, uh, it, it, he actually coached me on delegation, which I actually thought I was a fairly decent delegator. And then after he started coaching me, I realized how horrible I was at delegating and I've gotten much better at delegation, but it's, uh, it's finding the right people and then having the right systems of reporting and, and getting back to me that, that I feel like is, is what drives it forward. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, okay, so like the dental office is a perfect example. Like, like, I mean, I feel like my, my staff are very highly trained. Um, North, North Dakota here, not too long ago, actually did, uh, what, what's called restorative functions, which, uh, it, it allows de dental assistants to place class one, class two, and class five dental restorations. And, and so then I spent a ton of time kind of working with several of my ladies to, to get they get them fully up to speed. But I mean, now it's, I mean, it's to the point where I walk in a room and I prep the tooth and then it, you know, it frees me up to go do something else mm. my time. And that freeing me up to do something else might be responding to my hotel manager. That's going to question by email or whatever, you know what I mean? But I mean, it's, it's just getting the right systems in place, yeah. you know? Say more about that, like what kinds of systems uh, and do you write them down and how do you ensure that they are a living part of your business? Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's always a, it, you're always trying to focus on getting better at that type of stuff. But I mean, like it, you know, like, let, like the main ones in a hotel obviously are you're hiring your general manager and then your head maintenance person and then your head housekeepers. Those are kind of your three. I, I mean, I suppose in a dental office, it's kind of like your office manager is a real important mm -hmm. aspect of it. I mean, like, I wouldn't say that I'm like at my hotels, I'm not necessarily involved in the hiring and firing of every housekeeper because that would be, that'd be a daily event down there. Mm -hmm. But just like even, even hygienists and, and assistants in the office, if we need to hire another one, I, I mean, my office manager will screen them the first time and then 
but once once she kind of goes through screening them and like okay like this one's just never gonna work here you know what i mean then mm. she gets it down to a couple and then then maybe i'm involved in the interviews you know yeah but, and then like systems of stuff it's just like how things get reported back to to me you, you know what i mean on the performance of stuff mm-hmm. so but like on like on some of my bigger apartment deals i mean it's it's crazy the level of data that I have at my fingertips. And, in, you know, like once a week, we'll have a, a 15 to 20 minute powwow with the management team. And and by the time the management team has the meeting with me, they've, they've actually got all of the, yeah, there's a spreadsheet that I want them to fill out. Mm-hmm. In this spreadsheet, I'll, we'll go over things like how many people showed up or called the property and wanted information on the property. How many people did we give tours, you know, on various units and of those people that we gave tours to, how many signed an application? And then let's say signed an application, you know, were there any that were denied? Do you know what I mean? And and if they were denied, was it just a financial reason or was it, you know, some other reason? So like stuff like that helps me keep tabs on like the pulse of what's going on at the properties. Yeah. I've heard the phrase uh, who, not how, so many times uh, over the last several months. I think that there's a popular book, which I have not gotten around to reading. That's that title and a lot of wisdom right in that title. And then I even uh, heard a short interview from Tony Robbins, and he was talking about, you know, one of the three most powerful strategies he's utilized to, to be so successful and just focusing on the people get the people in place. Don't try to figure out how to do X, Y, Z. That's almost addictive. It's like, well, how do I, you know, set up that system? How do I do this system? And but if you just, where is that person who knows that system and can I, I can trust to manage that system? That seems to be a lot more effective for uh, uncovering capacity. Yeah. Well, and I feel like too, like my partners on some of the bigger apartment deals that that I'm doing. It's it's. Uh, yeah, I've been really careful on who I surround myself with. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or who I spend. They 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 say you're the average of the top five people that you spend t- time with, and and so you got to be kind of careful who you let be one in, in your top five. You know, I'm I'd rather I'd rather focus on hanging out with with, with like my buddy Gary here. Oh know? well. That's actually one of you found that found me out. That's also one of my ulterior motives for having a podcast that talks about successful people and successful CEOs. Well, tell me more uh, about your your journey into real estate. You know, how how did you get yourself educated uh, going forward? A lot of people start and stop with something like Rich Dad Poor Dad and maybe go to one seminar or listen to one go- guru and get excited and then they're done. So. What was your progression? How did you go forward and actually make it into a business? So, so well, okay. So that started out with, you know, I had, I had some mentors as I was growing up. So my uncle owned apartment buildings, my parents owned apartment buildings, and then some friends of my folks has actually built homes so that, so they would, they would build a home and then they would live in it for a couple of years and then they'd sell it. And then, you know, obviously they'd, they'd have a capital event mm-hmm. would sell it. Um, and and to be completely honest with you, out looking back at like when I bought my first apartment building, I I didn't know anything. Like, it, I mean, like the 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 journey that you go on, like it's it's kind of just crazy. You're 
you're, you're, you buy your first apartment building and then all of a sudden you're talking with, you know, some of the folks down there and they're like the, like the maintenance guy that you get helping out. He goes, have you ever looked in the attic? And I'm like, no, I've never looked in the attic of this thing. And he goes, you should. And so then he got, he had a ladder down there. And so then we popped our head up in the attic and I'm like, my God, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much insulation supposed to be up there, but in, in Fargo, it's a big deal to have insulation in buildings. So I didn't, I mean, I didn't know anything of, of what I was up to kind of, mm -hmm. and then slow or lo and behold, you kind of like stumble into like some of the fixes, you know what I mean? That you do. And I'd say where I got really turbocharged on real estate was just joining some, some groups of people mm -hmm. that invest in real estate. And so don't, don't get me wrong, the, the, the bar reference that I maybe made earlier, like I, I don't mind like hanging out, having a drink with some of my real estate buddies. Mm -hmm. There's, there's an insane amount of information that I'll glean just from hanging out with them for it. You know what I mean? 10, 10 20 minutes. Yes. And seeing what they're up to, you know, right. so, cause they're all pretty high level people and they're all pushing forward on things. Yeah. So, so I, I'm guessing, and you let, correct me if I, if I'm wrong or uh, add to it is that you started out on your own, probably made your own host of mistakes and successes. Do you think that that helped you when you became, when you were invited to be uh, either a limited partner or a general partner in some of these other larger deals? Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like it's almost to the point where like, uh, well, like, like when you start out with like apartment buildings or, or like, I know you do oil and gas stuff. I mean, you're all about the spreadsheet, you know, you got to calculate it all out. You know what I mean? And that works for like the first thousand times you look at a building, you know what I mean? Or an opportunity. And then before too long, you, you, you just walk through a building and you're like, oh my, you got this to do, this to do, this to do, and this to do over here. Do, do you know what I mean? You can just mm -hmm. see the things that, that need to be done. And you don't necessarily need a spreadsheet to tell you that this is going to be a, that this, this should work out well, you know? Yeah. So. You go from uh, conscious competence to unconscious competence. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of my a lot of my non-professional education has been actually in, in the field of tax law, like just mm. learning how, learning how taxes work and how taxes affect you. And I mean, I mean, that that's, that's a huge, you know, thing and it affects all of us, you know, and I've never once written a tax law, but I'm, 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 I also am a student of them. And, and when I say I'm a student, you know, you, if you're going to play the game of uh, monopoly or risk, you, you know what I mean? You got to know the rules of the game in order to play. And, and it amazes me how many people don't study the rules before they try to go out there and play, you know? One of my friends, his adage is it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And oh, I mean, that can be a big, big bite uh, for people and, or account uh, on the flip side, a, a huge advantage, you know, all the for example, depreciation and whatnot that uh, real estate investors are familiar with, you know, it, it's a big deal. Oh, for sure. Like I remember early on, well, this wasn't super early on, but maybe, maybe I was four or five deals into uh, doing real estate. I, I remember doing this deal and I remember calculating what the tax would be that what was owed on my income. 
by not doing the deal. And then mm -hmm. I calculated what my down payment was to do the deal. And it was actually cheaper to do the deal. And then I own a building. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah. I mean, who, who wouldn't want that, you know? Any books or education you found particularly useful on the, the tax side? There's a guy by the name of Brandon Collier that he writes, he writes a newsletter and it's kind of focused towards upper income uh, individuals or, or dentists. I, I mean, he, his father was the dentist or the, the attorney for the American Dental Association. I think the world of Brandon, I mean, I know him personally, but, but I mean, he's a, he's a tax lawyer and, and so like his newsletter, a lot of times it's just kind of getting you up to speed on like, like, like the latest changes in, in whatever it is, do you know what I mean? Whether it's like, like real recently, like, um, in my dental office, we did what's called a QCERA, which is a funky way of doing health insurance. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like a reimbursement account for, for my employees. I mean, I think it works really, really slick, but it's, in, you know, like I would have never known about the QSERA until, unless I had been reading his newsletter and keeping up on it. But Brandon's newsletter is awesome. I mean, what else can I tell you? Like a lot of it's too, like I just dig on things and I feel like I go down these rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My accountant probably hates me, but. I'm like, you know, like I'm just trying to find out the rules so I can apply them in my situation. And, and he's like, no, 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 you're asking good questions. You know, like real recently here, there was the inflation reduction act that was passed mm -hmm. and there's a ton of renewable stuff in there and just seeing how, how renewables would be applied in my situation. Yeah. I've heard, and I think maybe it was from you, you shared a lot of uh, little nuggets in there related to solar panels and even CFLs for lighting, you know, that can increase the NOI on your, on your business, as well as give you the tax break. And then obviously higher NOI uh, on your, your uh, buildings. Yeah. And you know, the asset value goes up. So are you forever and ever, amen, interested in apartments or do, are you looking in other sectors? You know, I mean, I guess I'm always looking at, at different things. I mean, like coming through COVID, like the hospitality market was really beat up, you know what I mean? And so like, there's a lot of hotels that went up for sale and, and I wouldn't even say that they were necessarily bad operators. It's just, it's just, they have like a liquidity crunch and then next thing, you know, like the banks were closing on them and, you know, it's just a tough thing. So. But I mean, I, I look at multiple different things in real estate. I've owned a bunch of different things in real estate, but you know, the, the, the stuff that I feel like I get the biggest pop on are usually my apartments. Mm. And it's just cause I know like I can come in and I can do this and this and this. And I guess if anything, I'll just share with you that, that I feel like I figured those out the most mm. out of all the asset classes, you know? And you have the most uh, expertise in that area. I think once people kind of get understand an area, like you're talking about earlier about you can kind of look around and very quickly without a spreadsheet assess and yeah. know. And and also looking at the operator and it's like, yeah, <laughs> you're smoking something if you think that this is going to pencil, you know, just look yeah. around. Yeah. Well, and sometimes too, I, know, I mean, I know we're doing a podcast here, but I feel like sometimes like, I feel like the people that focus the most on the splashiness of, of things sometimes are the ones that have the least experience actually doing, you know what I mean? The actual work of the project, you know what I mean? So like, 
like, I feel like some of the people that are the splashiest sometimes on Facebook or whatever, that they aren't always the, they're trying to get into it. So they're trying to make a name for themselves, but they're not, um, they just feel like they're not a seasoned operator just quite yet. Yeah. That's really the key. And, you know, and I'll look at with other people, I'll look at deals that are, you know, direct company investments. So I'll look at a, a wide variety of things, but it, more often than not, I'm just looking at the team first. It's like, do I believe the people oh, yeah. that, I'm, that I'm listening to right here? You know, you can put whatever return you want on a spreadsheet. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm just looking at the the team first. It's like, that's a good plan, good strategy, uh, good observation. But uh, can you execute on it? That's the, that's the thing. But a lot of that stuff, though, too, it's not like that. there's no way you're going to get to that level of someone unless you just spend time with them. You know what I mean? And, and yes. And, and see them actually do a couple of projects or run something, yeah. you know, and actually hit what they say that they're going to hit. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thank you for, for some of those thoughts. Are, are you okay doing a, a lightning round at this point? Sure. Okay. Sure. So I'll just run through a couple of questions and short answers are, are good. Um, favorite charity or cause? Um, I would say my local like dental access group. So, so we, we volunteer here in Fargo and I guess I, I try to support that as much as I can. So. Uh, best vacation you've ever taken? Uh, probably, uh, my girlfriend and I just recently went over to Rome. Mm. Spent some time over in Rome and man, the food over there is just phenomenal. Yeah, that, that's on, uh, my, my list. Kim has gone since we've been married, uh, twice on her own and, um, yeah, it's become a thing. So we're definitely, that's definitely on our list too. I'll have to get some notes from you on that. What do you think is the most important skill or characteristic of a CEO? Most important skill. I don't, I mean, I think it's just that like, a, look, I don't know if this is a skill necessarily, but being organized and like, just really like delegating and being clear about what you're delegating. You know what I mean? Like, I mm -hmm. don't know. It's, but organization, I feel like, is a big thing. Because if you're really disorganized, like, how can anyone follow somebody that's really disorganized, you know? To what extent do you believe that mindset affects business outcomes? Oh, 100%. Mm. 100%. Like, whatever you... Well, I mean, I get said no to a lot. Do you know what I mean? In real estate. Do you know what I mean? And so, so I mean, rejection is a big part of it. You what know, kinds of things do you get said no to? But like all the time, like, are you going to finance my building? Mm. No, we're not coming in on this one. You know what I mean? Like the bank and other co-investors and things like that. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And so you, you just can't let rejection get to you. Yeah. What's uh, one thing that uh, you have done or do to intentionally support a positive culture uh, in your company? Like, I, I feel like in the dental office, I feel like we try to do some regular outings. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel like it's super important, like even like my receptionists or, or, you know what I mean? Dental staff to see me not wearing like my dentist hat mm. and they just see me as another person sitting across the table from them or, or, or in, you're playing a game with them or whatever, you know what I mean? Like it just, it makes you a real human being, yeah. you know? People want to feel that connection. I, I think it uh, is, at that point is especially strong when your boss is not just your boss, but uh, a doctor. 
you yeah. know, that kind of authority. It's like two levels of authority get layered on there for, yeah. for people. It's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, in, any final advice for a CEO, business owner, or professional who is trying to develop and increase their, their wealth uh, outside their business? Things that they could do to, to, to get started or do a little bit more? Things that you found helpful? Um, I mean, like to me, it's education, 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 like anything you could do to get more educated on a topic that's, that's just crucial. You know what I mean? Like, like whether it's learning how to do a different style dental implant or whether it's learning how to do sedation in the dental office or whether it's learning how to, to hang out with folks that are doing apartment buildings. You know what I mean? Like everything is all about being educated, you know? Yeah. I mean, like an, an example of one of these is like I went to a dental seminar one time and it was a $750 d d dental seminar, or not, not dental, an apartment seminar. Mm. So I spent 750 bucks and then of course there was flights down there and a hotel and in, and the interesting part about that is I learned, I learned water conservation at this particular seminar. And, and so I came back and implemented all of that, that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Into across all of my properties, and 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 all of a sudden, it, you're talking like it increased my cash flow by six to eight thousand dollars a month, and it was all off of a seven hundred fifty dollar, you know, seminar. But like being engaged and going to that, if I hadn't gone to that, you know what I mean? I I wouldn't know what I'm missing out on. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And the talent to be able to apply one thing from a from a seminar or a training. Mm -hmm. And have the discipline to do it. And I think that's huge. Well, great. Well, Casey, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I appreciate it. I hope that uh, you've this conversation inspires people or informs them to kind of think about it. It's like, hmm, maybe that's something I should do. Or, hmm, maybe I should really like be more intentional about uh, my networks because uh, it'll be beneficial. You know, as they say, you know, your network uh, is in effect your net worth. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, like the, the networking of people, like it's just, it's so funny because like you start hanging out with the people that, that like you want to hang out with. And then all of a sudden, you know, it might be that I've been looking at deals and then all of a sudden, like my buddy calls me and he's like, Hey, I got this deal. Like, can you help me with it? You know? And so, so then it's like, I didn't have to do all of the work. Can you see where all of a sudden that gets to be very scalable? Yes. Very quickly. Well, Awesome. Thank you for having me on, Noel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please be sure to subscribe and or leave a review. Feedback is a gift. I'm always open for ways to improve this podcast, and I really do want to hear the topics that you would like to hear covered. If you'd like to be a guest, please visit www.garycovertconsulting.com and check out the podcast page. And remember, you can create more prosperity than you can ever know. Have the courage to use your gifts today, and let's make the world a more prosperous place for everyone.